Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we welcome Mike Elsarini, who's the Chief Compliance Officer for Kingswood Group US and the Chief Compliance Officer and Head of Operations for Kingswood Capital Partners and Kingswood Wealth Advisors. He has over 12 years of industry experience. Mike also served as in the back office in sales and compliance roles at TD Ameritrade, AXA, and most recently, Cuso Financial Services, where he was a regulatory specialist serving as the firm's Department of Labor designee. And my favorite part, he's a fellow Wolverine. Welcome, Mike. So let's start out with um, how does one both pick financial services and compliance? It's, it's not something that you're running around the backyard as a kid plotting that course. No, definitely not. But I've been in or around the industry uh, basically all my life. My father was in insurance, and I got my insurance licenses as soon as I uh, was legally able. So uh, I'd been around the industry for a long time, uh, and I've, I'd seen it from um, every angle. And um, you know, as I worked in different roles, uh, uh, I beg- uh, started to admire uh, uh, you know, a specific individual within in my career who worked in compliance, and that kind of uh, he, he became a mentor and uh, kind of set me on my path uh, to in, in the compliance industry. So, not only did you choose this profession, but you're at Kingswood U.S., a company with a very complex co- compliance tree. You have a BD, RIAs, reps using your platform and services, not to mention the partnership and product sets. How do you stay organized? Well, uh, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we are a total currently of four organizations. That's two RIAs and two BDs. Um, when we first uh, merged the, t- the, the two BD RIA uh, entities, there was some overlap. Um, there was um, some gaps in between. Uh, and I think over the last year and a half, and from a compliance point of view, uh, the focus has been to uh, consolidate processes so that although it uh, may look to the outside as if it's four organizations, internally we are able to kind of view them as one. That's great. So let's start out with some broader compliance questions. What's the state of compliance in financial services? Does everybody understand what's going on? Uh, I don't think even regulators fully understand what's going on. It's uh, the, the breadth of compliance uh, and regulation um, has become enormous. Um, and uh, I think that's why uh, it's become even more important than ever to put an emphasis on compliance because, um, you know, from, from one broker to another, from one advisor to another, and I'm sure there's there's uh, value propositions, uh, you know, between individuals, but without the backing um, uh, of a compliance team who can uh, navigate the re- regulatory f- framework, um, then you simply will be denied market access by regulators. So, uh, so, so we're we're at a point now where um, the machine has become so complex that kind of owner operator model uh, doesn't really work. Um, 
and and people who maybe wanted to go off on their own in the RA space or BD space um, have decided that uh, they need to be a part of a team with a uh, with a strong compliance department. So it's 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 strengthened the case for. Um, you know, attaching yourself to an organization that has, you know, uh, in-house compliance strength. I have to get through, I have to get this through compliance. Mm -hmm. Those seven words are said over and over and over again. So it sounds like that is getting tougher or is it getting easier? Well, it's becoming um, uh, more defined, I I would say, which, which, um, can, can be viewed as, as easier in the sense that uh, we're getting a better understanding of what regulators are looking for from us. Um, but that being said, it, what they are looking for is becoming more and more, um, which is okay um, because uh, ultimately when the intentions of the advisors are good and the intentions of organizations are good, you really have nothing to worry about. Uh, if you're following the rules. Um, and so uh, as long as we have clear guidance, then uh, you know, we, we really don't mind uh, an environment wh- where regulation is uh, increasing, you know, not too much, but uh, you know, to the extent that we can um, implement it, 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 it's not a problem. I've seen a few companies try to start and automate the compliance process to make it easier for everybody. Is there too much nuance involved in compliance for this to be effective? Well, I think there's a place for automation in, in that, um, you know, workflows, uh, technology that can maybe uh, automatically spit out things like exception reports. I think that's that's become indispensable. We, the industry couldn't function without it now. There was a time where people uh, reviewed um, uh, trade blotters uh, you know, uh, printed them out and, and, and looked at them with magnifying glasses to, to, to point out, you know, uh, errant trades or, or things that uh, that may have st- stood out. And you can imagine the amount of human error that might have been involved in a process like that. So, you know, automating it to, to, to an extent uh, is necessary. And uh, so as regulations increase, and the labor force for compliance is not necessarily growing so fast. The only thing that will keep us up is some some form of automation. Let's talk. Let's talk Reg BI. What is it? Who does it affect? And who does it help? Well, ultimately, you know, it helps the consumer. But I think when we look at uh, the the uh, Department of Labor uh, rule that was uh, overturned and kind of replaced uh, by Reg BI. It was also a, a win for the industry and um, both kind of achieving the same thing, but one um, Reg BI having more realistic uh, um, and attainable goals. So what it is essentially is a rule that uh, that totally uh, erases the line. Um, between um, the fiduciary RAA side of the business um, and the and the, the uh, suitability standard um, uh, that was applied uh, on the BD side of the business, and so uh, now both are expected to act as fiduciaries, and uh, and you're expected to act in the client's best interest. Now, best interest uh, is still kind of a nebulous term, and it can be better defined, um, but. I think that um, you know over the years uh, it, it'll it'll ultimately be a good thing for for, uh, for clients um, and for the investing public. Does it better define what's going to be allowed and what's not? 
No. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, the, 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 the term best interest um, is vague, but, but um, as uh, we're seeing it applied, uh, it's becoming clearer to us. So the, the, the letter of, of the rule, um, as opposed to the Department of Labor uh, uh, rule, which, which really cut off certain forms of business and, and kind of was look, looked at as apocalyptic for a lot of uh, transactional uh, business, this uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, allow or forbid uh, anything that that was uh, uh, you know allowed in the past. Uh, it just puts it within the framework of the client's best interest. So, do we know exactly what the regulators are looking for? I think what they're looking for is first for us to identify our conflicts of interest. That was the, really the first phase of it. Um, uh, and, and they want firms to start thinking in terms of conflicts of, of interest. Like, uh, if I'm making a recommendation and I am being compensated uh, uh, more or less for that recommendation based on other products in the universe of products that are available, that creates a conflict of interest that, ne that is not necessarily prohibited but needs to be addressed. Um, and, so, and so that's the first uh, uh, phase of, uh, of Reg BI. And, and, this, and the second part, uh, or part 1B, uh, would be uh, uh, notifying the client of, the, of those conflicts. Um, so, uh, so the conflicts are out there. Uh, we need to notify the clients of those conflicts. And, and it really uh, allows the representatives, the organizations, uh, um, broker-dealers, and RIAs to start thinking in terms of when I'm being compensated, it, it creates... Uh, an inherent conflict that can be overcome. We just need to put it all out there. Do you think for a firm like Kingswood and, and others like this, that training is going to have to be an important factor? Because if you're a rep working on the field, how are you supposed to know all this stuff? Absolutely. Um, and and you, a rep is not going to be a walking uh, encyclopedia of, of, of rules and regulations. So, so it has to be common sense. Uh, and there has to be a common sense uh, uh, um, element to our training as well. Um, we need to show real-world uh, examples of what's right and wrong, and, and so that's um, uh, going to be, uh, uh, you know, the kind of the cornerstone of our training going forward. Is is really showing examples now. Um, you know, we've 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 made our disclosures, we've made delivery of all the forms, and kind of done the the formal part of of of. Uh, uh, Reg BI, which is easy enough, um, uh, but uh, but now we need to show you real world examples of of uh, how, how how this may or may not be in the client's best interest or uh, and things like that. Let's get RIA specific. Mm -hmm. What's the landscape and, and what's changing? Well, um, I think uh, the RIA space there will continue to be um, a, a movement um, of uh, funds from the BD side to the RIA side, but I think there's been a general uh, deceleration of that migration. Um, and I think um, part of that is because of Reg BI, and part of it is because there are, are so many attractive products that are uh, uh, out there um, for transactional business. So um, the, the doomsday scenario uh, maybe will still happen sometime down the line where uh, you know, the, the BD transactional type business is, is no longer viable. Um, but in the short term, it looks like, uh, you know, the, the RAA, migration to RAA has slowed down a bit because uh, the, the, the ability for an RAA to say, 
um, you know, I'm your, I'm the only fiduciary out there, and I'm the only individual or organization that's being held to a fiduciary standard. That's no longer the case, um, and so that advantage um, uh, is 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 gone. But um, I still think it 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 generally makes sense for ninety percent of it, uh, of representatives and advisors to have most of their money being run through uh, annual uh, uh, management. Uh, RAA traditionally. Talk to me about active effort. This is a new thing that they're looking at, and what does it mean? And and what is what's the how are advisors supposed to think about this? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they they essentially want to see you uh, earn your your fee. Uh, there's um, uh, you know. The, and that doesn't necessarily mean picking stocks. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean um, managing a, uh, a portfolio in the same way a hedge fund would. You know, in fact, that can often be uh, uh, pretty detrimental to a client. Uh, but what they, what they do want to see is that you're actively meeting with your clients, uh, that you're keeping a pulse on uh, their needs and objectives, um, and that you're adjusting their portfolios accordingly. So um, it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, th- they don't necessarily need to see y- you picking the, r- the right stocks all the time or, uh, you know, getting s- super sophisticated with your strategies. What they do want to see uh, is, is, is contact with the, with the uh, uh, client, the end client. They're also much more interested in the movement of money. Why so? Well, they've always been interested because there's such this there's this huge migration, uh, and uh, they they want to make sure uh, that as money moves, uh, as this massive money uh, money moves from uh, what might have been invested in mutual funds or load products or uh, alternatives or uh, whatever is is moving in a way that's not detrimental to the client, so that their so advisors are not dub- double dipping. Uh, they're not taking clients out of a, a product that who's uh, um, who may have already, you know, paid their load but but hasn't received the benefit of the load yet, um, and, and straight into uh, an advisory program that's that's going to charge them a percentage no matter what. So, uh, you know, it's it, although you know it, it seems to be a no-brainer to move your money over to the RAA, you do have to be cognizant uh, of the fact that it's 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 not always appropriate. Um, and the timing of the mo- movement of money needs to be, uh, uh, you know, in the client's best interest. Everything they're doing is to protect the end investor, and so much of what regulators do are, are trying to do that. How can advisors communicate that to their clients, other than saying, "I'm a fiduciary," you know, FinServe speak? Yeah, I think a, a, a representative just being thoughtful uh, and and. Uh, going through, you know, the motions, so to speak, of of making sure that they're offering them, uh, or at least going over a number of uh, 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 options and, and and things that are now becoming codified and and a part of the regulatory landscape. If, if you actually do those things, rather than telling them I'm a fiduciary, it 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 shows the client that that you're being thoughtful and, and that you're thinking of them, and whether they understand or not that they, that you have to. Um, uh, you, the, the more you adhere to that, the, the better advisor you'll be. Mike, this has been great. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. For more information or to contact Mike, please contact kingswoodus.com.
Please follow us for all the latest updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Jakey Beard, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.